Hi, and welcome to Reclaiming Joy, a show for high-achieving, ambitious women that want to break free from burnout. Reclaiming Joy was created because we, as women, get so wrapped up in minuscule life things that we forget what joy feels like. I'm so excited you're here. I'm your host, Latina burnout coach and speaker, Valley Lucille. I help women create and embody a life that feels peaceful and easy. In this show, my goal is to elevate your life with discussions on defeating burnout, embracing self-care, and rediscovering joy on your terms and not anybody else's. Ready? Let's get into it. Welcome. I am so excited. Today, I'm going to be talking to Madeli, who is a Latina money coach. She's passionate about helping women of color save, spend, invest, and earn more without actually sacrificing joy. And so I thought she would be a perfect fit for the show. She is the daughter of Mexican immigrants and a first-gen college grad. In recent years, she also found the courage to leave an unfulfilling career, prioritized her mental health, set boundaries, and she embarked on the journey to start My Daily Dinero and soon after her money coaching business. And so her mission is to assist women of color in taking control of their finances and letting go of what no longer aligns with them and creating space for abundance in their lives. And so I'm so excited for this episode. Let's go ahead and get started. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Maideli Garcia. I am a Latina money coach. Um, I am first gen, daughter of Mexican immigrants, and I now I'm a money coach for women of color to help them save, spend, and invest without sacrificing joy. That's that's what I do. What made you pick that, like, that you wanted to help really women not have to sacrifice joy, especially with money coaching? Yeah, I just, I feel like my money journey, um, I was self-taught and I read all the books, I listened to all the podcasts, and I consumed all the content. And I feel like when I first started my money journey, I was following people that made me feel a lot of shame for um, how I was managing my money and the mistakes I had done in the past with my money. And I just, I felt like that can be the only way to get good with your finances, to like know your numbers is to feel the shame and this guilt and, you know, restrict everything and um, basically eliminate all the fun from your life, which is kind of what I did in order to what I thought I was supposed to do to pay off the debt in the beginning. And so as I started, you know, kind of making my own rules and consuming content from individuals who I could resonate more with, I started realizing there is no one way to do it. And you can most definitely do it in a way where you don't have to sacrifice all the things that bring you joy. And the key to that is really being intentional with, you know, where you are cutting costs and making sure they're not the areas that give you life because then why live when you're, you know, getting rid of all these things that you actually do enjoy and more so cutting back and things that really don't make a difference and really trying to eliminate emotional spending by dealing with the emotions themselves instead of just shaming yourself for the action that you're taking because of those emotions. So I can go on and on about this, but (laughs) yes, that is why I initially decided to take this route of doing it in a way where Um, You know, I'm not telling my clients get rid of this, get rid of that, but more so being more intentional with the things we do get rid of and the things we add more to because I think that's important too. Do you feel like there was a specific point in your money journey that you were like, okay, this really can't be life? And if it was, or was it just like an overall kind of thing, being able to see other people and what was it really? Um, I think it was an overall kind of thing that the way you said, but I think also like there was times where I would kind of notice that I was being judgmental, not only with myself, but I was starting to be judgmental with others and the way that they would manage things just because, you know, like if I would see somebody spend on the coffee, I'd be like, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. Like you're, you're not supposed to be spending on the coffee. That's what all the books I said 
had said, you know, but inside, I was like, I want to spend on coffee. Like, I do want to, you know, enjoy those things. So I just, I started reflecting on the way I was, you know, seeing how others would spend and just the limitations I would put on myself and just how wrong it felt and how like, just it didn't feel good. And I just, when I started hearing more people of like money should feel good, I was just like, how, like, how can money feel good when it comes with all of these restrictions in order to invest the way, the, the way you should be doing and to save the way you should be doing. And so it was more just like bringing that awareness. So I wouldn't say it's like it was one particular moment, but it definitely was just a lot of smaller moments where I just felt like things didn't feel right and they shouldn't be the way that they were. Um, and then starting to experiment with, you know, myself saying like, okay, like, what if I do include the I'm just, I keep using coffee because that's like the one thing that people attack all the time. But what if I do include, you know, the the monthly spending on the coffee? Can I still reach my goals? And the answer is absolutely, right? It's just, you need to be intentional with it. And so little by little, you know, I started adding things and then started realizing like, this is a much better way of doing things and I can still do the things that I want without sacrificing things like coffee that bring me joy. I love that you mentioned that and you mentioned about how like you needed to start experimenting to know what really aligned with you because you were saying how like what you were doing just didn't feel right, right? And so that is one of the things that I know we both talk to our clients about, like every action decision you take has to feel good. And so going back into that, how did you find ways to bring joy back into your life? And what are ways that you tell your clients really? How do you, how do they get joy back? Really reflecting on what does bring you joy, right? Because we might have an idea of this brings me joy when in fact it might not. Um, And an example of that, like something that I thought I really enjoyed was shopping. And in a sense, like, okay, like, what is it about shopping that I used to enjoy? It was just like, that dopamine rush of like, okay, like I'm I'm doing the thing, I'm looking for something new, and I'm spending on it. And it was that rush. But those things that I was spending on, and for me, it was clothes was like a big um, issue that I had where I would spend so much on clothes, like, was I actually wearing the clothes? And it's like, no. So is that truly what I value is the clothes, the shopping on the clothes? And it's like, no, if I'm not wearing it, if I'm not enjoying it, then that's not a value of mine. So why am I spending on it? And it's like that dopamine rush of like the, the newness, right? So finding more ways to get that dopamine rush where it's not spending all my money on something I'm not going to use um, and then finding those alternatives. But so what I work on with my clients is truly figuring out like, what do you enjoy? And for most of them, um, it's spending time with family, right? So like, how can they either increase their income so they have more time with their family and they don't have to keep trading hours for for money or something like traveling. Like how can they either start budgeting and start intentionally saving for certain trips or travel hacking in order to bring more traveling as a part of what they value. So really getting intentional with what do you actually value? And right now, looking at your spending, looking at your bank accounts, looking at your transactions, are these things that you actually value? Like, is going out to eat truly a value of yours? And for me, it is because I get to do it with the people that I enjoy. So there's no right or wrong answer. Like, if they tell me, like, DoorDash is very valuable to me because, you know, it gives me that convenience that I'm seeking after a long day. And it's like, okay, how can we incorporate you still spending on DoorDash if that's truly a value of yours? Or maybe it's finding an alternative to DoorDash that can save you a little bit more money, like a meal prepping service or something like that. So really getting intention of like, what is it about this thing that you're spending on that you truly value? For some people, it's time. For some people, it's convenience. And it could be a little thing. So really getting intention about the person and not just telling you like, 
these are bad things to spend on. These are good things to spend on because that's not going to align with everybody. Some people don't like spending on traveling and that's something I love spending on. But some people like it's just they don't like getting on a plane. They don't like, you know, doing the thing and that's fine. So it's like don't spend money on flight tickets, then, you know, but really getting intentional with what is it that truly brings you joy. And that takes a lot of reflection. That takes trial and error. That takes, you know, looking at your numbers and really analyzing them and being reflective with them. And so that's a lot of what we do, especially in the beginning, is trying to figure out what are we actually spending on and is that in line with what we value and what brings us joy. So basically, reclaiming joy in your finances and your money is being mm-hmm. intentional with what you actually want, right? And right. a lot, I love that you said, like, for you, you love going out to eat and spending time with family. And that might be something that maybe your friends or family does. And I'm speaking about other people, but maybe that's not a value that you want. Maybe that's not something you want to spend your money on. Maybe for you, it's saving to go to Disney. Maybe it's to go to a park and like spend time with family. So I love that. Like, I guess my next question is when it comes to that, because we are surrounded by people constantly and we're constantly bombarded with people doing this and comparison, how do you balance or, you know, how do you explain to your your clients, how do they balance between being ambitious and pursuing these money goals that they may have, and also maintaining their well being? Yeah, so well being is very, very important. And a lot of things that come up in coaching sessions is just like, how do I talk about these goals with other people? And like, I'm going to feel judged by them. And in a lot of cases, they are like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to them and say, everybody's going to understand your situation. And you just need to talk to them. No, like there are going to be some people who don't like boundaries. Um, and that's something with all sorts of boundaries. You know, I'm sure you talk a lot about it with your clients is there's going to be some people that don't react well to boundaries. And it's easier said than done. But just detaching yourself from from their reaction and understanding like, okay, like this is something that I'm doing for me. This is a form of self-care. Like boundaries are a form of self-care and financial self-care is just as important as other self-care and being very like clear with those boundaries with other people. And we kind of work on ways to have that communication and just our reactions to, you know, whatever it is that they might give us, like how we can communicate based off of their reactions. And we work a lot on that, but also, you know, making sure that We are taking care of ourselves at the end of the day. And in terms of comparison, like understanding like, is it, am I comparing myself to somebody because like, that's the way that it should be? Or am I comparing myself because maybe I want something that they have, you know, maybe I see somebody who travels a lot and that is something that I want. And it's like using that comparison and that like form of jealousy to just be like, okay, just because I want that and they have it doesn't mean that they can't have it. It means I could, there's a possibility that I can have it too, right? And like, how can I incorporate this into my plan? How can I start uh, making sure that traveling is a part of my plan? And that way you're not stuck in the comparison, but you're more so reflecting on it and taking action otherwise. Or is it comparison just because you think it's what you're supposed to do? And a big thing with that is like buying a house. Like so many people buy their house, not necessarily because they think it's something that makes sense with their numbers or with their location or with their situation, but just because it's something that they should do. And it's something that people always say that once you're a certain age, you know, 30 is that big age that I keep hearing. Once you're 30, you need to have a house. You need to be a homeowner and just doing those things because you should. And it's like, is that really something that you want? Are you somebody who wants to stay in a place for a few years? If you're not, then, you know, a house might not make sense to you. Or do you live in a high cost of living area where maybe 
maybe renting is going to be the best way to go. And like figuring out like where that comparison is coming from is very important. It's like, is it the shoulds or is it that you actually want something? And then like, how can we incorporate into your plan? I really love the fact that we were talking about comparison and how sometimes it becomes a very like a mental battle because you're comparing yourself into what other people are doing and it can even lead to like you said it can lead to like you're envious of that person right like oh they have that and I don't but it could also lead to you feeling pressured to meet an expectation at a certain age like you said like the 30s the big number and um I love that you said that because that is a constant theme that comes up when I'm speaking to my clients about burnout right and it's exactly the same reason why I feel like reclaiming your joy is so important and if you're living in comparison you really he can't there's no joy in that you won't be able to find your joy because you're constantly looking at other people versus not being intentional with what is it that you want yourself right yeah and do you feel like a lot of times like with your clients this some of the burnout that they feel does that does any of it ever have to do like with financial burnout because that's like a huge thing that I feel like is not talked about it was just feeling burnt out with your finances oh my god keep going So many, burnout can happen in so many reasons. And so a lot of people, most of the time, just think that it's like a mental thing. Like I'm just burnt out, I'm exhausted. Not realizing that it's certain aspects of their life, But because I'm a Latina and I work with a lot of Latina women, a lot of it comes from having money issues, right? Mm -hmm. They feel burnt out because either money touches so many parts of your life, right? You think about it, the job that you work in, it may not be bringing you joy and you may not be making the most money that you need to be making to make a living, right? And to, to actually do the things that would bring you joy, right? Whether that is to go out with your family to eat or to get a massage or to just give yourself a nice manicure or whatever the case may be and so if this podcast resonates with you and you're a busy mom that's been wanting to excel in your career grow your money improve your relationships and your social life and you also want to have more joy without feeling guilty for putting yourself first then i invite you to work with me in private coaching in private coaching you'll get six months of weekly one-on-one calls and daily tech support book a sales call with the link in the show notes on the call you'll share with me where you are now and what your goals are i can't wait to talk to you all right let's get back to the show money touches so many things. And so we do talk about it with my clients a lot because whether they know it or not, finances is touching their life in some way, right? A lot of my clients, like you said, would compare themselves to somebody else because they feel like that person is living the life that they wish they had. And they think it's because they can't live that life, but really it's because they have not set boundaries, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of my clients are spending money they, they don't have to please other people um, or to help other people when they don't have it themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one. Oh um, my gosh, that's so huge, especially... <laughs> You know, in our communities or communities of color, we're feeling that pressure of like, I have to, um, I have to give like, there's no other option. And when it comes like when giving comes from that sense of obligation, like it can easily burn you out because you feel like you have to do it and you have no choice. And that's so real for us, especially as first gens, like especially with parents, with family. Oh my gosh. Um, and yeah, and that's 100% real. I know you didn't ask me about it, but <laughs> I think like a big thing too is like working on the idea of, you know, and this this is used a lot, like the filling your cup first before you fill other people, but it's so true, especially when it comes to money. And that's something I didn't realize a lot when, you know, I was, I was younger. And I remember like when um, I moved to South Korea, Korea, um, a few years back. And a big thing of mine was, I want to pay down my debt. And this is going to help me save on rent because I will be paying rent in South Korea. And so I remember doing that. And so I had, you know, like, whatever I would usually be spending on rent extra as extra income. 
And what I did with that money, instead of, I, I did pay some of my debt off, but recently, like my dad had just passed away. So I felt this obligation of like, I need to send this money to my mom because that's what I have to do. Like, I need to like, forget about my debt, forget about me and send this money to my mom because she needs it right now more instead of realizing like, if I get to where I want to be and pay down my debt and figure out like my own stuff, like my mom's going to get the abundance from it. Right. Because, you know, I have a really good relationship with her. It's not something that she was obligating me to do. It was just like, me putting that pressure on myself, like, because I'm in the situation, I have to do it this way. And I have to put other people before me. And I feel like that's so real, like in our communities, but it's, you know, it's it's not the way that, that we should approach things. Because once we fill our own cup, and once we fill our own financial self care, like, like now, like, you know, that I'm in a good place with my finances, like my mom feels it too. Like now she doesn't have to work. Like now she's investing, you know? So if like, if I could have done that sooner and I'm not shitting on myself, but you know, if I would have realized that sooner, like she could have embraced that abundance with me like a lot sooner than, than what she is right now. But instead, you know, I was putting everybody else's needs before my own without realizing that putting my needs first is also helping other people. And I think that's big, especially with finances, like getting your finances in order first, figuring out your stuff first and even if that means sacrificing, giving other people at that time, you know, and putting yourself first that way, they're going to feel it later on. You know, if it's something that you truly want to give to them, like it's no longer going to be an obligation. It's just going to be like, you're so filled with, you know, like the abundance that you can, you have enough to give, right. And you don't feel like resentment for it. Instead, you feel the joy of giving, which is the feeling we want to have when we give. <laughs> Oh my God, you said so much. My brain went to so many different directions. No, it was so good though. But um, when you were talking about how like you're, you know, now that your mom, you're like good, you're set and your mom actually feels like because you're, you feel good about it. Like mm -hmm. how that joy resonates and like that energy is positive, right? And so if you're constantly stuck and you're thinking about, you know, how much money you don't have and how you can't help other people and how you're constantly stressed about the fact that you can't help other people. You're mm -hmm. stressing yourself out on things that you can't control that you have no responsibility for, right? Because at the end of the day, you, you need to be first. Overall, just like what I tell my clients all the time is that the same thing, like you mentioned, I, 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 in my head, I think of like when the airplane's going down and like the airbags or the oxygen mm -hmm. masks come down. I'm like, you cannot put somebody else's mask on before you like you're you're causing yourself detriment you're causing yourself to potentially die in that sense and i know it's a little extreme but you don't realize that by sacrificing your needs and your wants and your desires you are not allowing for other people around you to actually flourish as well and mm -hmm. that's a big one in money i know um because i was the same way when i graduated college i was like i'm gonna get a job and i'm gonna help my mom versus me actually focusing on having a stable job for myself so that i can move out and flourish and be uh, mentally stable just having that like innate responsibility as first gen daughters to take care of our families and to make sure that we're not selfish right mm -hmm. and to have that like guilt and feeling inside of you is it's rough right what do you find particularly helpful and effective in reducing your stress and anxiety when you get those feelings of like, I could help this person, but I still have 
my goals mm-hmm. and my needs, yeah. Um, yeah. or I could be doing more, or why am I being selfish hoarding all this money, right? Because those are the thoughts that come up when you are doing better for yourself. You have that like inner critic in your head that's just kind of like bashing at your head, like, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. So what do you what do you suggest? Yeah, yeah. So I do a lot of like money thought work in my coaching. And it's like, yes, you absolutely need strategy. You absolutely need to know your numbers. And like, yes, there is math involved somewhere in personal finance. But a lot of people don't realize that there's so much like emotion and psychology involved in managing your money. And that's where you you need to include like, um, trying to tackle the mindset and the negative narratives that you're telling yourself and, you know, scarcity versus abundance thoughts. And so we do do a lot of thought work. And like, I'll give you an example, like yesterday, I was doing thought work with one of my clients in in terms of like debt, right. And so like experiencing a lot of anxiety in terms of debt. And something that I try to be careful with is like, when you have traumas from, you know, your past, a lot of times, like you, you need to work with a professional, right? Therapy, like money coaching is not a replacement for therapy. Like there's that too. But there are ways that you can help reduce that anxiety that's just coming from the thoughts that you're having on a day-to-day basis. And so um, my client was having a lot of thoughts in, of anxiety with with her debt. And most recently, like a car that she got a loan in. And so it was that debt, right? And so like the thought that she kept having was, I keep doing this to myself. I keep getting in debt. I'm never going to get out of debt. And with that thought, we kind of worked her through like the self-coaching model that I use. I don't know if that's what you use with your clients too, but just helping her rework that thought and realize how that thought is leading into negative feelings and how those negative feelings are leading into her taking, you know, negative action. And then that's leading to the results that she has where she doesn't want to look at her numbers and she feels irritated all the time. And she turns to emotional spending because the debt's there and it's easier to just not look at it. And so we kind of rewired her thinking a little bit and it's like, okay, what's a thought that we could have that it's not as extreme as like, everything's going to be fine. And my dad's just going to clear away tomorrow, like not having those kinds of unrealistic thoughts, but what's a better thought that we can have than why do I keep doing this to myself? Like I always put myself into debt. I'm never going to get out. And the thought that she came up with was like, I have a plan to pay off debt because we did, right? That's what we're doing in money coaching. We have a plan. So we have a plan to pay off the debt. So that that's the new thought, right? Because it's true. Like we have a plan to pay off the debt and the debt is not going to come out and eat me alive in the middle of the night. Like I'm safe, right? Like I'm safe from the debt. I'm not physically in harm's way because of this debt. So having those thoughts to help calm that anxiety of like, me having that balance because of this car loan isn't going to come and like eat me and take my kids in the middle of the night. Like it's just debt and we have a plan to take care of it. Like, and, and that thought started making her feel a little bit more calm. It started making her feel um, a little bit more in control and more um, hopeful, you know? And so like, we realized like, okay, we're in the same circumstance here where it's like, we have this debt, but how can we change our thoughts so that, you know, our feelings aren't negative ones and instead of their positive ones and they're leading to more positive action which is leading into us taking more actions and actually being more intentional and being aware of our situation in a positive way instead of a negative way that helps us be on a good track to actually pay off the debt if that's the goal of ours so how can we rewire our brains to think differently about our situations and not negatively because her having those negative thoughts isn't going to pay off her debt any sooner. If anything, it's going to lead her to taking longer and paying off her debt because she's avoiding even looking at it. 
And so that's some of the work that we kind of do in coaching. Um, and I always encourage my clients to when they are having negative thoughts towards their money is really reflecting and seeing it more as like a bystander and kind of detaching a little bit from their body and seeing like, okay, what thoughts am I having looking at this transaction? Or what thoughts am I having right now as I'm swiping my card and really seeing it like from that place of observing and curiosity, rather than just like, here I go again, here's the shame. You know, nobody's going to stop me because I'm just going to keep doing this, but being more like curious about it, curious about your behavior and like what is probing it and really having those conversations with yourself and then bringing them to money coaching and talking about it. I think that's very important. And so we definitely do a lot of mindset work with that and it takes work. So I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy and it's just, it happens overnight. It takes a lot of work to be thinking about your circumstances differently, especially when it comes to money, because it's so emotional and it's tied to so much, right? It's tied to so much of our lives, like you mentioned. And so it is really hard to rewire our brains that way, but little by little, it's it's possible to do it. And, you know, there are times where I might have a negative thought about money. You know, I'm not saying that once you figure it out, it's like done and you don't ever have to worry about it again. But as you get into that practice of tackling those thoughts and really isolating them and figuring out like, what is it about the situation that's making me think this way? I think that's a practice that it gets easier over time. And yeah, it can, it can lead to, you know, you finally accepting more abundance into your life and it gets a little bit woo <laughs> sometimes, but it's like, it's based off the evidence of you taking the action, right? It's not just like, we're just going to hear and, and think all the magic things and they're just going to happen. Like, no, like it also takes, you know, the other step, but you can't have one without the other. Like you can't have strategy without the mindset or mindset without mm-hmm. the strategy. Like you need both. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Because it's so true. Even for my clients, like if you don't want to live your life where you're constantly exhausted, and you are tired and have no energy and you're constantly burned out and stressed, like you have to explore the thoughts that you're thinking. You have to establish literally a a line where it's like, these are the good thoughts that I want to think. And these are the thoughts that are really not helping me. So I love that you mentioned that. And so you still have negative thoughts, right? And you're aware of them and you work with them. When was the first time you realized like the mindset was the piece that you needed to really get to in order for you to succeed financially? Mm, oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if I can remember one big moment that really did it for me. But for me, like a big time in my life where I'm just like, this wasn't just strategy, like this was mindset too. Like there had to be right because it's just something that I saw so impossible for myself, but yet it happened was for my career transition. And, um, you know, I've kind of talked a little bit to you about this, but the fact that, you know, I was a teacher and I went and got my degree and I just like I was taught for so much of my life like that that's what I was going to do. And I believed that that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And that's the salary that I was going to make for the rest of my life. And there's no other option. And when I started, you know, applying into other roles and really thinking of like what sort of salary I wanted and applying to those roles, it's just long story short, like whenever I put my mind into the things that I was doing, and of course, there's a strategy I had to apply, I had to fix my resume, I had to, you know, I did the boot camp, I did all those things. But when I started really like visualizing, like, this is the type of job I want to have, this is the type of salary I want to have, this is the type of freedom I want to have, like, those are the roles that I got. And there's no way that it was just the strategy behind that. It was a lot of that mindset and allowing myself to know that I was worth more than what I was receiving. And that's a big thing. And, you know, sometimes I do have to call my clients out and be like, do you think you're worth that salary increase? Like, is that something that you actually think you're worth? And for so many of them, like they don't, you know, and it's hard to be in that place where you feel like you are worth it. And that takes work. 
but realizing that I don't even think I deserve this. And like, maybe Mm. this is what's blocking me from, you know, being able to get it. That was big. And I really had to get rid of that block in order to get the jobs that I eventually got. Like, you know, I, and I got laid off from one of the jobs. Like for those of you who don't know my story, the first time I got the perfect role for myself, I got laid off six months later. So it's like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing I did applying. And now what I'm going to allow myself to receive is going to be bigger than what I had before. And it's like, I'm going to have a higher salary than I had before. I'm going to have more flexibility than I had before. And putting those non-negotiables and really thinking like, I deserve this. I deserve this abundance and allowing myself to receive it. And I did. Right. And again, I had to apply for the job. I had to interview like all those strategy things like had to happen. But I think without the mindset, like I wouldn't have gotten what I had. Like, yeah to the T specifically what I wanted and what I was allowing myself to be worthy of, like, that's what I received. And I think, you know, that's, that's part of the, that's part of the money mindset. It's part of the abundance mindset that I really try to not only teach, but have my clients live day in and day out. I think that that applies to everything, right? In your life, like you will not, and I speak about this on my podcast and I, I speak about this in my Instagram too. Like you cannot level up and get the things that you want if you actually don't believe that you Mm. deserve it. Mm -hmm. You don't believe that you can get it, right? You can want all you want, but if the belief isn't there, like it's just not gonna happen. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that belief comes from your mindset. It comes from your thoughts. So thank you for sharing that story because it's so important. People forget, like you don't just create things, right? You have to amplify the feeling of believing that yes, I will get there. I have the strategies. I have the mindset. I I, I have, you can embody whatever it is that you need. Mm-hmm. And then you embrace that. And that's who you become at the end of the day. So I love that you shared that. How can they start reclaiming joy in their finances or just in general now today? What would be the one thing that you would share with them? I would say definitely like reclaim the joy today. Like don't wait. <laughs> don't wait for the debt to be paid off don't wait for you to get the salary increase like reclaim the joy today in the situation you're in today and I know it's so hard I know it's really hard to do that but just you know allow yourself to to really receive and to be in the mindset of like okay I have all of these things in my life and I'm not saying like okay just be grateful and be happy with where you are that is not the message I'm sending but what I'm saying is like be grateful but also know that you're on the right path. Okay, create that action plan and know that you're on the path, the right path today before you see the results. So being in that mindset of like, I'm figuring things out today, like, and then I'm good today. And not waiting for the things to actually happen to feel good. I think that that's a big thing that you can do. Figuring out what the plan is going to look like might take research, it might take, you know, figuring things out, but knowing like, I can do those things, I could do research, I can figure things out. But putting yourself in the mindset today is going to be big for you. Because if we keep waiting for the things to happen, we're going to keep waiting forever, because there's always going to be a bigger goal, there's always going to be a new debt that we need to pay off, or maybe there's going to be like, oh, now I need to invest and everybody else is investing. So if we don't change that mindset today, it's going to be really hard to change it later, even if we do get double the salary, or if we do get the debt paid off or the student loan forgiveness, right? Like there's always going to be that thought if we, that's not something that we target today. So that's what I would say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Everything was great. And that last bit was spot on because I totally agree with everything. How can they reach you? How can they contact you? How can they know more about you and anything that you maybe haven't got um, coming up that you'd like for them to know about? Yeah, yeah, thank you. So the best way to contact me or get in touch is through Instagram. I'm on Instagram at my daily dinero. 
um, DM me. I open all my DMs and respond. And if you're interested in working with me, one-on-one money coaching, then there's a link in my bio that you can go to, read a little bit about it. Um, all the description is there. All the details are there and book a call with me. And in this free call, we can talk a little bit about your situation and figure out if it's the right thing for you. And feel free to DM me instead if you have any questions about it. But yeah, that's that's the best way to get in contact with me. And um, I try to post content and hopefully it's helpful. Um, if you're not ready to invest in coaching, then just consume my free content. Like that's that's what it's there for. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with my audience. Yes. Thank you for having me, Mallory. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me this week. So that you never miss an episode, make sure to subscribe to the show. You can help show your support and help the podcast grow by rating, but especially by leaving a thoughtful review. If you resonated with or took anything away from the show, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on your social media so other women like you can also enjoy the show. For more weekly coaching rants, an inside look at what's happening behind the scenes with my clients and I, women like you, and more tips on how to reclaim your joy, join my email list from pleasing to peaceful with a link in the show notes. I'd love for you to be part of our growing community. Thanks again. Till next week.